everything is software engineering. That's what I think because every tool that's been communi- communicating with each other, everything that's been synchronizing with each other, all of the system, the inputs, the outputs, everything is controlled by a backend or a frontend or full, full stack engineer. A software engineer is a better software engineer with the help of AI rather than completely eradicating AI from your careers and or completely accepting or completely relying on it for your career. Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we give new software engineers actionable job search advice relevant to today's job market. In today's developer interview, I'm talking with Ali Panjwani, who got his first job as a software engineer three months ago, where we discuss if learning to code is still worth it, given recent advancements in AI. And to help you in your own job search, this week I'm giving away a free six-month LinkedIn premium subscription valued at $180. So to enter the raffle, comment below with a link to your LinkedIn profile, and I'll draw names this Friday. Thank you, Ali, for joining us today. Yeah, in our discussion, as I mentioned in the introduction, I'd like to focus on your decision to get into software engineering. As I know, the increased focus on AI in recent years has caused a lot of new developers a lot of anxiety as to whether this path is still viable for them. Uh, So as you think about your story, how did you feel as you approached the decision as to whether get to get into software engineering. Oh, so basically, uh, during my graduation, I studied multiple courses. So a lot of them included soft, software engineering as well as AI. So before even like what I found was that ChatGPT was one of the uh, biggest impacts of what, or I'd say the biggest thing that AI produced. Before that. It was something big, but not as everyone, every individual has like interacted with it or have used it before. So before, even before ChatGPT, I studied AI, then I had a course on deep learning, then fundamentals of computer vision. So I had a pretty good idea what's going on in the field right now. But what I felt was that these fields were really lacking what uh, there should be at the basis uh, for someone who's studying computer science and then he's studying these courses. I felt these were more kind of advanced things rather than starting just from a basic. And that's mm-hmm. where software engineering came because uh, it totally like told me how input and outputs are working, how communication is being happening, different stuff about like simple as a messaging queue. So the questions are how the systems were communicating with each other, how the inputs and outputs were producing, how there were memory consumptions, how they were optimizing the processes. Those all questions were answered when I started pursuing software engineering. So I felt that was something uh, which like filled my curiosity and which helped me explore this field a lot and in my perspective this would help me in future if i'd like to pursue any of the courses you were saying or any of the fields you were telling me like i can pursue it afterwards because i know how things are working on the base 
Yeah, a lot of new developers that I talk to ask, is it even worth getting into software engineering right now with the advent of AI and ChatGPT? Uh, do I instead need to focus on something like prompt engineering uh, instead of actual understanding of the underlying software and the, the logic and the patterns behind it? But kind of as you were talking, I think you have the right mindset. Uh, the best prompt engineers, no matter how advanced AI becomes, are going to be those that understand how systems operate. So they know what types of questions to ask. Yes. They know what how to handle the output and use it effectively. They know how to iterate on it uh, because you know they know how the systems operate and work. Sure. Yeah. I guess you pretty much answered your own question. But for me, <laughs> just uh, the basic lineup is, uh, for example, right now, the universities are still teaching you data structures. For me, studying data structures is not very important considering how AI is when it comes to programming. But for me, if I don't know, like, see, multiple, there are multiple data structures available to achieve a single thing. So if I know everything, it's in my hand which data structure would I use rather than I'm giving the, the, this decision to an AI? Because I feel like at some level, I might be wrong, what? but at some level, the AI won't be able to handle the large enterprise level systems. So still universities are teaching you how linked list works or how queue works or how graph works because they want to teach you the implementation of how these things were made, how these things internally work themselves. Like I used to program in C, so there is a library for every data structure I wanted to use, but still I was learning these things in my university because I felt, because that gave me the power to get into the deepest of my software systems and deciding. Like for example, one of the courses that, um, that was the most beloved was parallel and distributed computing. Like you have control over each and every thread of your computer. And that's mm -hmm. because you know how to control them rather than giving all the control to a machine. Because I don't think the mach machine can see or create the future rather than what you are creating. If you are creating an enterprise level system, you are creating it to survive for, for basically if you are making something in Pakistan, you are making it to survive for the next 20, 25 years because bringing change here is very hard. So if you're making a system mm -hmm. for someone that will live for minimum 10 to 15 years, if people are giving money for making that system, they will like want that system to work for a lot of time. So to keep that system relevant for a lot of time, you should know every bit of the system. And I, being an advocate for software engineering, I feel like that gives the biggest power to me as a software engineer controlling every bit of my system. Yeah, and if you if you know all of that, the underlying parts of the system, then you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know what questions to ask ChatGPT yes. uh, as opposed to just living, leaving the decision entirely up to a computer yeah. that doesn't have the context of the system you're working in. And then my use of ChatGPT and this may not be true for, for all AI, but my perception is that it's very past looking and not necessarily future looking in the sense that it's an aggregation of knowledge uh, at the current 
state in time and sharing with you, you know, best practices or even, you know, not necessarily even the current state of time up until what, 2021 for depending on your version of chat GPT. Yeah. So if I want to look forward now and invent my, my own frameworks or or use my, my own, you know, procedures and invent my own things, uh, I need to be creative in my use of the technology that I have uh, in front of me and not necessarily rely on a tool that's entirely dependent on uh, aggregating and evaluating, you know, past uh, legacy code. Uh, and then as far as you, you talked about building things for the next 25 years there in Pakistan, that's that's really true for uh, a lot of software development well, teams. Good, I I've been, yeah, I've been building software for over a decade now. And it has never ceased to surprise me how many client systems I work with that are still on versions of SDKs, frameworks, languages yeah, that came out uh, a decade or more ago. So even though AI is this exciting uh, new field, I think of it similar to the invention of cloud technologies. Yes. Where, yes, it's a hot, sexy new technology, Yes, new companies are starting and using it and launching new ventures and being successful there, but there are still hundreds of thousands of companies and code bases that are still on-prem that still need to be migrated. And it's going to be like that for decades for the cloud. It's probably going to be the same for decades uh, for software engineering in general regarding AI. What do you think? Oh, really? Uh, Because, see, what I told you previously was that the way ChatGPT has impacted each and every individual, now everyone knows that there's something called as AI. Like I am pursuing my career as a software engineer and every other person just assumes that I am working something related to AI or everyone has advice for me to work something related to AI because that's the new hot topic. Each big investment is going to AI and each big conference is like for AI, but basically it's just a model. It's just something that's just a supporting material behind the infrastructure. Everything is software engineering. That's what I think because every tool that's been communicating with each other, everything's that been synchronizing with each other, all of the system, the inputs, the outputs, everything is controlled by a backend or a frontend or full, full stack engineer. So I feel like this is something that will stay. In my pers- perspective, a software engineer is, a, is can be or is a better software engineer with the help of AI rather than completely eradicating AI from your careers and or completely accepting or completely relying on it for your career, especially when it comes to software engineering. Like for me, uh, See, I am just an associate level software engineer. I'm just someone who has entered this career. So I might not know about everything about this. And to be very honest, I might not know everything about other careers as well. But uh, as people are seeing the AI's impact on marketing or AI's impact on advertising, I feel like everyone thinks that someday the AI will completely, uh, you know, replace your career. And I, I thoroughly researched on it. I discussed with every, 
with a lot of people. And I just got one answer that AI is not legally or like morally compliant to replace a person. If there's no such impact, you can replace things with AI. But for instance, if a car is completely driven by AI and it kills someone, who will you be taking to the courts? The car or the system or what? Yeah, ho- yeah hopefully not the software engineer he wrote the software. Yeah. I mean, that's so much yeah, liability that, I'm now exposed to. Yeah, Because AI learns itself. So the whole buzz around AI or data or cloud basically is something that's, that's developing. But software engineer is basically a developed field. And I just want to say this, that for foreseeing future, I don't think so. something can replace something so strong, such as software engineering. For instance, NoSQL came and now it's like captivating markets. But I guess for years, or bygones, I don't think so it will ever replace SQL. Or if you talk about the yeah. new um, programming languages, such as if you call about JavaScript, oh, not JavaScript, but like Rust or Go or new things coming, I don't think so it would replace something as strong as Java or C. No doubt they might have their own pros and cons, but they won't be getting replaced. Sure. Like removing Java from 3 billion devices overnight is not possible. So thinking yeah. of yourself as not pursuing a career in Java or not pursuing a career in C is short-sightedness, I guess, because it will stay for, for me, it would stay for a very long time. And if you mm-hmm. if you can advance yourself in it, like who's saying you to be a mediocre, be the best in your career, be the best software engineer around. I feel like you can you might need to change your career in future, seeing the progression. But if you want to stay a software engineer for your whole life, I've seen people doing it, you can still do it. Yeah, I, you, you really can't get married to a specific language or framework. I yeah. feel like the, the new hotness right now is you know React for web development, at least. Hmm. And I've been doing this for over a decade, which means I've already had to pivot my career at least once. I start, I started out doing mobile development in Objective-C. Yeah. And I thought that was the, the bee's knees, uh, so to speak. I thought I was going to be set for life. It was kind of an archaic language. A lot of people didn't like it. The barrier to entry was pretty high, but I enjoyed it. So I thought I'd be safe for a while. And then Swift came out. And I had to learn this whole new language and technology. And then cloud became a, gig, a big thing. And I was working in consulting. So cloud and you know, backend optimizations, that became a bigger thing. So I've already had to live through a few cycles myself just within uh, the last 10 years. And I would agree uh, that the most successful software engineers are going to be those that you know, understand you know, that the foundational principles quickly pick up new technologies and are willing to adapt to the market. And when I look back at people with longer careers than me, I'm thinking of uh, my dad, for example. Uh, He started as a COBOL programmer. And he he doesn't do COBOL anymore, uh, but it's still around. 
it, it still exists and there's still a demand. And even since people aren't learning it as much, uh, they can pull in some pretty big salaries uh, yeah. to maintain uh, that, that old language. So I feel like, yes, change is happening uh, and we'll see a lot of change throughout our, our lives, but I wouldn't necessarily lose sleep over it. It's going to be gradual. And as long as you stay engaged with the market and stay up to date with the latest and keep doing your best, it, you'll stand out and you'll be you'll be totally fine. Uh, was there ever a point, though, where you were afraid of AI or you were afraid of your ability to be successful as a software engineer because of AI? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, um, the whole final year of my graduation was just what you said, because um, this was this was something that came and, like, every other person was talking about it. So overnight, what, like, at the beginning of your studies, like, your university studies, you have a goal in your mind or I have a blurred picture of what you would like to do. And to be very honest, I have um, explored a lot of things. I went and tried, like, what would I say, information security. But that really broke my myth of that the hacker man image and everything, what you see in movies and all. So I, I, I always wanted to feel that way, but I never felt that. And eventually I just skipped that. I didn't feel I could do it for my whole life. I I see career as what I'd be doing every morning, what I'd be doing five days a week, what I'd be doing for my whole life. If considering software engineer, I might be mingling around things, I'd be changing some languages, I'd be changing some tax tags. But what would stay would be the core principles and I would like to work on those core principles or work around those core principles for rest of my life, pretty hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So during the university time, when I was looking for the careers, I went into this, and we used to have semester projects for every course. So I used to make projects for AI. I made my project for uh, fundamentals of computer vision. I had my whole final year project on partially on AI, and I've I felt the lacking of that development kind of a thing which I, or I felt lacking of owning my own thing like if I build a system even if I build a microservice I'd love to own it but when it comes to AI I've been working on someone else's model how can I own it I, I didn't feel that I had made something because see this is a very it is a very old industry but as people are getting exposed to it now it's having its own share of growth now. So as people are experiencing it now, for a lot of people implementing a data science model or implementing a machine learning model makes them machine learning engineers rather than mm -hmm. going deep into what the maths is or how the, how the model is working or how to optimize your model according to your encoder they're just matching what the model wants, changing the input according to it and just running it and calling themselves machine learning engineer. 
and I feel yeah. I'm very sorry for them. But that's not about engineering me. Like then you'd be an implementation person rather than being an engineer. And my one of my cousins who's like the space kind of a guy, he works at I guess some space agency, I forgot the name. So he always taunts me on like being an implementationist rather than working on or like engineering something. So a lot of people have like forgotten or skipped the whole part of engineering in the software engineering. Yeah. They are just implementing things. In English, we say something like those machine learning models are black boxes uh, yeah. in the sense that you just kind of put data into it, you get stuff out and you kind of trust the algorithm. You don't really know what you've done. But software engineering, when I think of whether it's machine learning or you know, data science, cybersecurity, uh, software engineering seems the most dynamic in the sense that you're required to understand the foundations of multiple different disciplines. Yes. Uh, and you can leverage all of them you know, to build a comprehensive solution, uh, which is why I got into software engineering myself and I didn't choose a particular specialty. But I think this has been really good. Hopefully, a lot of the conversation today brought some hope to new software engineers that are trying to break yeah. into tech as they look at AI and understand that it's just a tool that can be used, that you should leverage it as much as you can. Because really, and I'm taking this quote from somewhere else, uh, AI is not going to replace software engineers, but software engineers who use AI will replace software engineers who do not use AI. So definitely uh, include it as part of your workflow. Well, uh, Ali, that is all the time that we have for today. So I really just want to thank you for coming on, helping share some of your stories, some of your feelings as you evaluated uh, your own career path. I wish you the best of luck uh, as you thank gain you more so experience. And a thank you to everybody that's listening. And we will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need and don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide thanks for listening and have a great day